Welcome to the Quick House, a tasty weekly mini-pod where Tom Skoka reviews the weather, followed by a fast tour of all the goodness you'll find at the Brick House. That's thebrick.house, our wolf-proof little collective of reader-supported journalism, criticism, cartoons, fiction, and more, made by humans and for humans with no venture capital, advertising, or MSG. First, how about that weather? March 21st. At last, the windows could be opened to let in cool air and birdsong and helicopter noise. A white dog, sealed behind glass in a luxury tower, howled silently at the sound of a siren passing down below. The sky was just off the purest blue, with a thin dun haze down low over New Jersey. Pigeons puffed up and growled their seductions. Families waiting for brunch took up nearly the width of the sidewalk. The sheep meadow was closed, with starlings and robins claiming the still fragile grass, while all around it the unprotected side lawns were as full as Labor Day. No one in view was masked on the nearest one, and not many were on the others. A vendor sold candy from a cardboard box as if he were working a crowded subway car. Players had stripped to trunks on the sand volleyball courts, trying to bring on normalcy in summer by force of will. People were snappish, out of practice at being people around people. With a shout and a crash, two cyclists, one in spandex, one very much not, went down hard in a wheel-bending wreck, near a scattering of fresh manure. As bystanders tried sorting it all out, another cyclist barked something about having to steer around them. On Broadway, what would have been open-air restaurant tables were still closed off in their plexiglass chambers. Thanks, Tom. And here's some of what you'll find perusing the Brick House, where you can subscribe if you feel it's work worth supporting. A Yiddish lesson for you jerks at a rye. A preachy, a meditation on ketubah calligraphy. Dip, shake, prime, inscribe. A tasteful rude, Maria Mickens wrestles with girls and women, or, that is, what each of those two words connotes. A monster's plea for peace, on whom weekly, a popular Maria Bustias, who just explained that you don't understand Bitcoin because you think money is real, finds $12,000 cash in buried crypto treasure. Over at No Man is an Island, fittingly enough, is a fascinating review of a documentary about the twilight days of Hashima Yoshiko, the last living Taiwanese resident of Japan's Iriomote Island the so-called green jail, where Taiwanese miners, many of them opium-addicted, worked in a coal mine during the Japanese colonial period that ended in 1945. We've got an Andrew Cuomo twofer, starting with the look over at sludge into the opaque slime of the New York governor's hidden billions in corporate welfare, and at FAQ NYC, we take a deep dive into Cuomo's nursing home's death count debacle and why that's just the tip of the iceberg. And last, but far from least, a story by Noreen Oladeji of Olango, Africa, that begins. They slipped him in during the night. We all woke in the morning to find him there, in a sitting position, occupying the bed beside the man who screamed God's names each day they changed wound dressings. My first thought on seeing him sitting there, shirtless, his torso rising and falling heavily in an unending sequence, an oxygen mask strapped onto his face, was of a giant mollusk hurrying across a highway. A tall man with a large torso, he had the body of a swimmer. His head and face were shaved clean. His eyes were large, 
and bore remnants of a glorious glint. His skin, a deep hue of brown, was rich from a lifetime of good nourishment. A tall gas cylinder stood like a sentry beside it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at The Brick Dot House. Mighty, mighty. Letting it all hang out. Thanks. Bye.